0: don't see it as a big issue. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And in reality, it really affects people a lot in the way that they view their own culture, in the way that they
1: view their own history. Hey everyone, I'm Uswa. And I'm Yasmin. Welcome to Inner Work, Ally Squared's official podcast where we learn how to better practice allyship.
0: Today, we're going to be talking about cultural appropriation.
1: So what is cultural appropriation? So
0: appropriation happens when members of one culture adopt specific aspects of a different culture without consent and misrepresent or misuse the artifact of another culture.
1: And appropriation isn't just clothing. I know we see it often as the way people dress and the way they abuse the real meaning behind how people dress, but it can also be a certain activity or a practice, or it could also be the words you use. I feel like often we don't talk about the ways culturally appropriate certain words
0: yeah that's true um i feel like actually where we live i feel like the word wallahi has become such a yeah yeah
1: a way to say i I promise yeah but but people don't even
0: know what they're saying
1: and it's a religious thing to say yeah um other forms of cultural appropriation that i can think of is how we say the word oh we're gonna have a powwow when we really Mm. just mean Have a meeting. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why we can't just say have a meeting, but people do. Um, They also really use dream catchers. It's become, especially when we were growing up, dream catchers were one of those things that like every girl had in her room or had in some kind of form. But once I grew up, I really realized that they have a lot of meaning in certain indigenous cultures. And it's been completely appropriated by, you know, the mass consumerist population
0: yeah also like how like we just had halloween past and halloween costumes um a lot of them are very very much indicative of cultural appropriation you know we have like
1: people dressing up as mexicans yes
0: and i don't understand yeah. Yeah. um also people dressing up as an indigenous person
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: in the like cultural um clothing but no one actually knows the meaning behind it and we know that there's meaning behind all the different you know outfits that they have and things that they wear but when you're wearing it as a costume you have no idea what you're you're actually wearing
1: absolutely and the other one that comes in mind and is so big among like the healthy living community is yoga and we think about yoga as such a normalized part of different kinds of exercise now but really, it's an appropriation of a practice that was used in South Asia, and it had a lot of religious meaning to it and spiritual meaning. Now, every other person on the corner of any kind of vegan street or a vegan neighborhood or anything like that has been using it. And it's often not people who, you know, understand the culture behind it. And people call themselves yogis all the time without really understanding what it means to be a yogi. Yeah, exactly. And I think a really
0: popular example that we see of cultural appropriation is Coachella, for example. Um, And in Coachella, we see a ton of people wearing indigenous headdresses. Bindis are a huge thing. Um, You know, there's a lot of meaning behind wearing a bindi. And instead it's being worn because it looks cute Mm -hmm. Um, and no one knows why they're wearing it. They just like how it looks.
1: And beyond just the fact that it's being worn in the ways that it's inaccurate to wear, people are also profiting off of it that don't come from that culture. So my biggest problem with all of this is you're one, stealing and misrepresenting a person's culture, but number two, then you're making money off of it. And a lot of these fast fashion companies have been doing that with various different types of clothing um, and they're making so much money and it's becoming popularized in the mainstream if you look at any pictures after Coachella of celebrities it's all like every single picture has some kind of cultural appropriation that they're getting so much money for what they're wearing in those the celebrities are the companies that provide these kind of products are and it's misrepresenting and abusing a culture that's incredibly sacred to people
0: yeah. And when we think about it, um, a lot of these like people from the culture that have been wearing these traditional items have been severely discriminated against mm-hmm. in their past because of what they were wearing. And then years later, you've got a celebrity wearing it and it becomes a trend.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's um, so true. And I mean... We're not here to just talk about appropriation because there's a, I mean, usually in our podcast episodes, we don't have simple answers. And I'm glad for this one. We do have a simple answer, which is cultural appreciation. So cultural appreciation for me is showing interest in a culture, an artifact, and by artifact, I mean like a belief, a practice, a product, anything that's of a certain culture um, with the intent to appreciate its meaning. And so it's not coming from, oh, I'm just going to take that because I think that looks cute and I'm going to turn into whatever I want. It's actual, um, it's, it's actually respecting that culture. It's done with the consent of people from that culture. And it's really a really good thing. And it's a good way to um, bridge certain understandings.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times people totally misconstrue what cultural appreciation is versus appropriation but I think it's also about the intent sometimes Mm -hmm. behind why you're wearing something and the knowledge that you have about what you're wearing and what you're saying
1: Mm -hmm. and I think often people who you know advocate to stop cultural appropriation really get attacked because it's like, oh, you're just overreacting. We can't even celebrate people's culture anymore. And it's like, oh, that's not true. Actually, we're encouraging you to appreciate and respect people's culture. We're asking you not to abuse it or misrepresent it. And so I think a lot of this, you know, backlash that comes with all of these things every time a celebrity wears something, and then the celebrity replies being like, Oh, I just I know Kim Kardashian had one when um she named her um what is now her skims line or something one of her fashion lines kimono yeah, yeah kimono, and she like she was she had to change it, but she was really you know not understanding why she needed to change it and it's this you know two sided thing where it's like no she was just appreciating a culture why wouldn't she want her to use her platform to be able to appreciate a culture and it's like no exactly that you should be appreciating culture, but she that's not she didn't have kimonos she wasn't Japanese she didn't have a Japanese designer, so she's not appreciating the culture by the people who created that culture she's actually using it for her own profit in a fashion line
0: yeah it's you just like the name and you like how it sounds yeah. it it really doesn't have i mean there's nothing about shapewear that relates to kimonos kimonos oh. no um so then we have. Explained what cultural appreciation versus appropriation is. So, then how can we avoid cultural appropriation?
1: So, in a society where there's so many different cultures, I don't feel like you can be a cultural. So, you can't be without culture, especially, I mean, we live in what is currently Canada and there's so many, I mean, mass immigration and a lot of people from different communities living around us ensures that we have a lot of culture around us that we may not be from. And so I don't think you can be a cultural. However, you can also use the presence of that culture in a way that's, you know, conducive to supporting the people from that culture. And so, for example, cultural appreciation is if you really like Korean food, Go to a, you know, a restaurant that's owned by Korean people. If you really like Indian food, go get ingredients from an Indian grocery store. I think that is a really good form of cultural appreciation. Yeah. And so when you're avoiding um,
0: cultural appropriation, you're really avoiding you know, reinforcing stereotypes, degrading a culture's meaning or the value of what you're wearing or saying. Um, you're avoiding belittling people from that culture. You're not, you know, taking credit for something that comes from another culture, which I think is often what we see, especially with celebrities. It becomes almost as if they've created that thing because they have such a large platform when in reality people have been wearing these things or saying these things for centuries. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're also avoiding... Reinforcing a power imbalance that a group has over their own cultural attire. So, we're not allowing, you know, a white person, for example, to wear something, and they have power now over that culture because they are now able to wear these things or say these things without the, you know, negative discrimination that people from that culture actually faced Mm
1: -hmm. as entitlement for me everything goes back to the societal feeling of entitlement by certain people and so I mean when we look at colonization it's not just appropriations to stolen lands genocide it's then going forward and saying not only are we intentionally going to erase everything about you and do it in the most violent means, we are also then going to use certain things from your cultures for our own profit, even though we're destroying your people. And so when I think back to different kinds of cultural appropriation, I really look at the colonial mission, which comes from entitlement, entitlement over people's lives, entitlement over land and resources, entitlement over culture and cultural artifacts and so you know, we might think of cultural appropriation as such a, oh, this is one of those not so serious things. And we see it all the time and we kind of condone it. Again, you talked about Halloween just passing. That's a great example. We see a friend in a certain costume and you know, we're like, oh, it's fine, you know, just one day a gear or whatever. And next Halloween, I'll guide them and tell them, you know, maybe that's not a good costume. But really what you're participating in is appeasing the colonizer's mission of essentially, you know, having entitlement over people's cultures.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I was having a conversation with someone last week about a lot of people have an issue with white women wearing their hair in cornrows or braids. Mm-hmm. And women of color straighten their hair. And isn't that the same type of a thing? <laughs> And I was kind of like, well, no, not at all, because white women who are wearing their hair in braids, they're wearing their hair in braids, and it's becoming a trend. But when black women wore their hair in braids, or their they're natural hair, yeah, they were called out. They were, mm-hmm. you know, told to leave school. Like women have been forced out of the workplace. Harassed. They've been forced yes. out of school. Sent home forced to cut their hair, forced to straighten their hair, to fit into this, you know, image that we have of what the working woman and professional woman is supposed to look like, which is white.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a completely
0: different type of scenario. But then when a white woman wears it, it's seen as Trendy, it's seen as cool, she's gone on vacation and come back and she's had a great time. And it's just not at all the same thing. You have to look at the histo- like the real reason and the history of why people wear these things and why they you know were forced to change their appearance.
1: And you just pointed out such a really important thing to learn, and especially this is a huge part of inner work in itself. It's Realizing that you are only at one point in history. Your life is not, this is the pivotal moment of history, this is the center of everything that's ever happened and ever been. Other things have happened before you, like violence, like slavery, like genocide, like murder, like just horrible abuses. And so you can't sit there and be like, it's not a big deal for me to wear cornrows in my hair as a white woman because it's not a big deal anymore. It doesn't matter. Because for decades, like you said, white, uh, black women have been abused because of their hair. Mm-hmm. And so you can't sit there thinking you are just acting on one certain day and that's just a fun thing because you're actually perpetuating things that have happened for decades and you're reinforcing them. Yeah, exactly. It's decentering yourself, I think. And I feel like when we, you know, when we talk about inner work, when we talk about allyship, so much of that is realizing your positionality and realizing what's outside of yourself. So, you know, we've lived in individualistic society right now. Western countries are mostly individualistic and we always see things from our own point of view. So. We always act based on what we feel. And then again, we talk about white fragility and white fragility extending not just within white people, but, you know, a lot of non-Black and Indigenous people. And I think a big part of that conversation of cultural appropriation is the fact that we need to start being better in society of being more collectivist and thinking about how our actions impact other people that we may not have even ever met. And... Of future generations and how they're going to learn certain things and so is cultural appropriation going to be a norm or is it going to be something that you know we look back in history as saying that was a horrible thing to do And those are decisions we're making today
0: yeah yeah I completely agree um so then how can we avoid cultural appropriation we kind of talked a little bit about Well, we talked a little bit about how we can avoid it already, but more ways is kind of just learning about the meaning behind different cultural artifacts, specifically talking to people from that culture and asking them um, the appropriate way to use a cultural artifact. And like I had said before, just questioning your motive. And asking, you know, are you changing a cultural artifact? Are you changing the meaning from it? Are you profiting from this change?
1: Mm-hmm. And all of those things are, should, are to be asked on a regular basis. It can't be something that you're, you know, using as a here nor there kind of thing. And so I think it's important for us to realize that. Yeah, absolutely. And I
0: think we talked about um, like microaggressions in our last podcast episode that we did. And I think cultural appropriation can be a huge microaggression just because a lot of people don't see it as a big issue. Mm -hmm. And in reality, it really affects people a lot in the way that they view their own culture, in the way that they view their own history of their people and you know what their culture has gone through yeah and, and I think
1: no continue
0: it just min- it just minimizes people's experiences
1: absolutely it again you were talking about power dynamics this is just such a big indicator of power dynamics in our society and you know I think you and I are just one piece of the puzzle in a larger conversation. We share a culture, so we can only say it from our positionality as part of, you know, certain cultures. I think it's really important for our audience to also weigh in. So I would love for you all to engage with us on our social media at Ally2 Squared on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. DM us, comment on our post. Let us know what you think about this topic. And you know, we always welcome people to question our beliefs and to challenge where we come from. I think it's part of growth. I think you can't just make people agree with you. That's not how the world works. I wish that's how the world worked. Mm -hmm. I would get a lot of stuff done a lot quicker. (laughs) That's not how it works. So I welcome that. And I think a big part of this in our work is having those conversations. And so you know, comment, DM us, we'd happy to engage with you. Um, My Ally Squared Instagram is always on my phone. So I'm always there to respond to you. Please make sure that you are engaging with us or email us at um, community at I think it's really important to be part of this conversation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We always look forward to hearing what other people have to say.
1: And make sure to join us in our next episode, again, bi-weekly on Sundays. And please listen to all of our other episodes if you haven't already. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Thank you.